Welcome to Dice with Death, where anyone could die with a roll of the dice. I'm your direct messenger, Ollie Bateman, and joining me again for this week's performative Dungeons and Dragons podcast is Chatty Badger's Jamie Powis. Uh, can I get a tiny temper? Yeah, please. From who? Anybody? Anyone? Go. Yeah! <laughs> I think I found three winners. A ringer round Art's finger. Ollie killed Ark's son. A DM is a sin. Zalo's got a friend with her. Sorry that I almost killed her. If Titus is a wrestler, will she let him down her knickers? <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Uh, that is so good. Yes. Yes, of course, listeners. If, you, if you're listening to this episode and you've not listened to the last one, you're fucking an idiot. But there we go. Um... <laughs> Tiny Temper Ooh. Chat. That's all we did last episode. Maybe more Tiny Temper Chat and Next No Dice. <laughs> Who knows? I'm, of course, also joined by We Are Reaches, Amy Mallet. I was angry enough about Amar, but killing Ark's kid is one step too far. <laughs> it's Vixen. Oh, it's Vixen. It's, she is Vixen. It's the Husky Vixen because... Canonically, the Husky Vixen sounds like a nice pub that yes. I'd like to go to. Yes. <laughs> Meet you down the Husky Vixen for some black or <laughs> Um, yeah, my throat is my throat is messed up um, at the moment. I don't know why, but um, yeah, well, canonically, uh, I can have some damage, I presume, from the last fight sure, or something. Absolutely, with a pl- with a plane walker blowing up, you can have I don't know a cancerous throat if you want, some radiation or some shit. Just oh, let's not go quite that far. Wow. I was thinking like wow, I was thinking like laryngitis. I wasn't thinking like a lump. Oh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm being too spicy this week, aren't I? Amy, have you got a shout out to do? I do actually, yeah, and I'm really sorry that it's um it's come when I'm at such a husk, but um I wanted to uh, dedicate this episode and shout out to uh, Mr. Marcus Wilson, who is my English teacher from when I was like 12 years old, um from year eight, and he listens to this podcast religiously. He absolutely loves it. He messages us all the time, saying how much he's loved the characters and the fights and the moments that we've had, and he's been on like tender hooks driving. Apparently, when um I think it was when either I, when I nearly died or when Ark nearly died or actually did die mm. uh, he was in traffic and he was just at a standstill waiting for the lights to change and just freaked out and like looked at the guy next to him like oh my god I'm sure that was a story he said <laughs> on a message but um, yeah he's he's wicked and he turned he turned 40 on um, Friday so he's uh, he's the biggest kid one of the biggest kids I know there you go and uh, just want to say massive happy 40th birthday yeah. shout out to Marcus Wilson and I, well, I, well, well, well. I don't know if anybody remembers this from primary school, but do you remember when a teacher used to walk in and they used to go, morning, kids? And then we all used to go, good morning, morning Mr. Mr. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> there we go. There you go, Mr. Happy Wilson. Happy birthday, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> I, I should point out before we go any further as well, um, mm. we've got like a Patreon, haven't we? And yeah. uh, Patreon subscribers can get Amy's audio isolated for personal use <laughs> if needed following this episode. Yeah. I am also available uh, to for bar mitzvahs and weddings um, if, if anyone so, so wishes. Um, okay. Yeah. The, the Vixen only fans coming your yeah. way. <laughs> Uh, there'll, be an, uh, there'll be an 0300 uh, number set up by the end of this podcast just yep, yep. for Vixen's voice. I've, we are, of course, also joined by WhatCulture.com's Adam Wilborn. Unkillable Titus, that's me, baby. I never forget when I have a health potion or three. The champion <laughs> games continue with barely a hitch, especially after we made Plane Walker our bitch. 
Yes. yes. So good. So good. Goodness gracious me. Okay. Well, we all know where we are. You're, we, we're currently all in the body of a plane walker. So is everybody ready to continue the adventure? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Previously on Dice With Death, as the gang faced plane walker, they assumed their attack positions in Stadia Concretia, ready to fight. Titus ran headfirst at the feet of the beast's stomping attacks. Ark took the right shoulder, flying up to the face of the beast, while Vixen, atop the flying disc, took the left flank of the metallic robotic bipedal lizard. Ark tried to slot the holocard into the side of Planewalker's neck, but was blocked by a seemingly impenetrable blue arcane carabis shielding the monstrosity. A surge of blue arcane power, felt by the whole party on interacting with Planewalker, projected their minds and voices into astral space and allowed them to communicate with anyone within the solar system and beyond. Vixen reached out to the call of a voice who had not long passed onto the great beyond, Madame Mord. Dana. They spoke of caring for Zakaya in her final days on the material plane and remembered the lullaby they'd sang to her in utero. Madame Ordana then told Vixen the name of her enemy, the one she must strike down if revenge is to be accomplished, Amar Thuradan. On first listen, Vixen recognized Thuradan being the last name of the lover she was cursed to never verbally utter again, but couldn't place the name Amar anywhere. The combat continued before Ark's mind was also projected into astral space, where he spoke to a voice he hadn't heard in five years, his wife's, Colonel Elek. They spoke of her father, Harliator Saves, coveting a mechanical device Ark was now all too familiar with, a manipulator. Through stifled voice and pain in her heart, Colonel Elek revealed that she had facilitated the escape of their youngest son, Zeed, but that their eldest, Ulrek, was dead. The fighting continued before Titus heard a familiar voice from the solar system reach out to his mind. It was his uncle, Nakin Storm Warrior Caligavi, begging his nephew to come home for his father's funeral. Titus explained that his mother, Vonna, would understand his quest and that he would not abandon his friends. Nakin told Titus that the rightful head of the Caligavi family must succeed and carry on the legacy Makin fought so hard for. In a heated exchange, Titus called Nakin the Winter Wolf before hearing echoed growls surrounding his uncle's voice before it faded out of existence. Back in the arena, Titus climbed Planewalker's tail and back using his hand axes. Vixen scarred it with her eldritch blasts and Ark shocked it with thunder and lightning as well as a spiritual weapon. Planewalker then crouched down and started to charge its catastrophic beam, the same attack it made against Squiddy all those weeks ago in the Aegean Ocean. Titus carved out a slice of Planewalker's back, exposing all the blue arcane cables, and as the destructive beam launched into the ground, Ark heroically pulled Titus inside the workings of Planewalker and successfully commanded Vixen to crash the floating disc full throttle into the carapace, saving them all from death. And that's where we are now. For a moment, everything goes quiet as the ringing of the catastrophic beam fades out in your heads. And as the white flash from the explosion starts to die down, you're all encompassed by a surge of blue arcane energy that explodes out from all of you just as before. 
Congratulations, you've all leveled up, gang. Very well done. Titus, you are now level five. And Ark and Vixen, you are level six. Uh, Vixen, we know that you have the same level as Ark just because of your background and your um, your time within the games and the fact that you've been around longer than Titus. But yes, Titus, you are five. Ark and Vixen, you are now level six with some very cool extra abilities. Some of you get extra attacks and, and yeah. things, and it's it's great. This surge of blue arcane energy awakens your minds. Vixen, you are immediately greeted by the name in your head that Madame Mordana spoke to you in your vision. Amar Thuridan. Vixen, as you hear that name, Amar Thuridan, What's going through your mind at this point, having been told by one of your best friends, Madame Mordana, that this is your enemy? This is the person that you should slay? What's going on in Vixen's mind? I think the main thing for Vixen is just that she's... Obviously, Thuridan is somebody... is, is someone that she recognised, someone that she used to have a lot of love for. So it's a really strange kind of... Um, it's it's she's just absolutely livid that this this person whoever this person is she knows he had a hand in in Zach's death, so it doesn't really matter who he is she's gonna kill him she's absolutely gonna fucking tear him a new one, um, but she knows that Thuridan is obviously linked so I guess her main thought is that he's this offspring of her ex partner is this like a brother is this like another relative, Thuridan is the only bit she is like locking on to at this point in time and she was already planning to find him anyway as part of her own motives but Zack is her goal so revenge for Zack Ark your emotions swell through your chest and lungs as you remember the voice of your wife telling you that your oldest child was dead how is Ark feeling at this moment um, I think Ark is very much not in a good place at the moment. Um, one of the things that he does, I think Ark probably plays, prays to, to tempo every night to protect his family. Uh, so it's kind of knocked, it's knocked him and it's kind of, I don't say knocked his faith a bit, but he's questioning, he's questioning it a bit actually. Um, so yeah, really tough time at the moment for Ark. It'd be quite funny if you were just like, nah, we're all good. Posse yeah, vibes. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Posse, posse vibes. Yeah. Turns but out when is... your eldest child dies, you you get the feels, don't you? Yeah. I think like it's yeah. it's his one, it's his goal in life is to get back to his family. And mm. it's now you can't do that, he can't hit that goal now. Yeah. As it was. Mm. I think that's weirdly it's almost affected I mean, I don't know if that's Titus, but it feels like it's affected the whole party that because we're all yeah. a bit like that was such a big thing that we were all hoping for, and now it's like, fuck, that's changed forever. Like it will never be the same now. Ark also regrets the jo- the dog joke um, considerably <laughs> at the start. Maybe shouldn't have made the dog joke, uh, yes. but there we go. You're all feeling this kind of. Uh, you're all feeling the same emotions at the same time because you all know. You all heard each other's voices. You were all there together. Although you couldn't do anything, you were still witnessing the horrors and the lack of feeling, I guess, within that astral space with those voices coming towards you. 
Titus. This surge of power. Although you think about your uncle in this moment. Mm-hmm. And the comment that you made towards him, Winterwolf. And the, the growls and the barks of these undead dogs behind your uncle's voice as it faded into the astral darkness. This surge of power affects you in a different way and sends you into a not-so-distant memory, a flashback, as it were, to your time wrestling in the lower leagues. Yes! With Elmin Munro by your side only two or three weeks ago. As the white light turns to colour and shapes, you hear the lower-level crowd noises of an Azulian pub a pub just on the outskirts of Uji, where you were shortly arrested. This pub is called the Cock and Brawl. <laughs> it's a great name <laughs> for a pub. Absolutely love it. It's not the Husky Vix. It's not the Husky Vix. It's not the Husky Vixen, though, is it? <laughs> it's not the Husky H- Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not that, no. But Titus, as you as you come into this flashback. You see yourself stood in the middle of a wrestling ring in the exhibition hall of the Cock and Brawl with another bloodied and bruised wrestler in front of you. Not recognisable, not particularly famous, not to the GWF level of wrestling that you have attained, but, you know, just some local wrestling lad who thinks he's... It's open mic night at the wrestling night, you know, that's... Oh Everybody comes in as a go, and this is maybe your 18th person that you're dealing with tonight in the ring. You are just that much of a beast that you are essentially fighting in what is known as an Iron Man match, where you beat an opponent, they get out the ring, another opponent jumps straight in. Titus is running the gauntlet, I love it. Yeah. You hear... What do they call it, the Iron Man just out of interest. Well, an Ironman match in wrestling parlance generally is two people facing each other for an extended period of time, normally an hour, and it's whoever gets the most falls, whether that be pins, knockouts, submissions, and stuff like that. Uh, and I suppose, yeah, it's just who can do the most damage within that time period. And I suppose uh, Titus is embodying the Iron Man by running the gauntlet here of fresh bodies being thrown at him. Yes. You and Elmin Monroe are just making money, trying to survive. You have left the GWF because of Volok, because of the what we're gonna call what we're gonna call the Ole screw job. Um <laughs> but yeah. Elmin Monroe Titus screwed Titus. <laughs> yes. So, that's what Volek's claiming. Yeah. Uh, you are stood in the ring. You have an opponent in front of you. You hear Elmin Monroe. You see him in his iconic 10-gallon hat, pinstripe suit and cowboy boots with his wet-look ponytail with, like, no hair on top and just around the sides thrown over his shoulders. And in, in with all this, like, crowd noise, you just hear him go, Titus, my boy, hit him with a finisher. Finish this motherfucker. <laughs> Titus 
What do you do? I think, yeah, I think the setup, because I'm fairly certain that Titus's finisher was the tombstone. I'm not sure if that's been established yet or not. But um, I think, because this lad's in front of me, he's a bit woozy. I think we let's get a bit of pageantry if we're on to, you know, I'm not saying he's necessarily hit the tombstone on every opponent, but the crowds know what they're getting. So I think give him a bit of a show. So I think rather than just picking this person up, if people are unaware about the tombstone pile driver uh, made popular probably by The Undertaker in the WWF, if you remember, he'd pick him up, he'd basically turn him upside down so their head was pointing at the ground and their legs were in the air and he'd basically put their head between his legs and jump uh, to, to take him out. But normally you'd just sort of do that from a standing position. I think Titus has got his own little spin on it. So I think he grabs the person by the shoulders, headbutts them. <laughs> they stumble into the ropes, bounce back, and then he uses that momentum. Whoop! And then I, I always like the jumping tombstone. And I think Titus is a young lad. He can pull it off. His knees are all right still. Big old fucking tombstone pile driver. And then... As The Undertaker did, uh, back before I discovered what a terrible person he is outside of the ring. Uh, and I loved him doing this. Down, one arm. So you take the, the lifeless body. They're sort of doing like a starfish. And you grab the, what would be their right arm. Put it over their chest. Grab their left arm. Put it over their chest. And you just lean on them from over the top. And maybe pull a bit of a face as the ref counts. One, two... Three. Ring that damn bell. This kid's got a family. <laughs> that is, that's exactly what happens. You tombstone, jumping tombstone pile driver, this young whippersnapper of a wrestler just onto his face. You pin him. You hear the crowds cheer. You hear the bell go. And your vision and your mind starts to kind of, you start to, kind of fatigue this is like your 19th person that you fought you're still a, you're still a young kid you still think you've got something to prove but you are getting through these wrestlers um and elmin kind of looks at you and ushers you to come over to the corner so he can have a word with you i think uh try not to make it too obvious so maybe a little bit of a little bit of an ear cup a bit of a taunt to get me into the corner so that they don't realize that i'm having a little cheeky chat with the manager but yes head over to the corner to uh, to have a chat with Elman and get some instructions as to well the plan is boss you ear cup towards you taunt towards the crowd and as you move around the ring from corner to corner you hear Elman kind of bolster himself and puff his chest out and uh, he turns to you and says Titus my boy my boy this is the record this is the record here at the cock and brawl. If you take down one more of these sons of bitches, you'll get the big bucks, I tell you. The big bucks are coming your way. One more, that's it. Oh, I like the sound of this. And that's, that's fired me up. And I think I'm going to grab the... Uh... Well, is there a microphone? I suppose it's not really going to be a, a big mic. I suppose it's just, just shouting. It is just shouting. In these lower leagues, it is just shouting to a crowd without a mic. Yeah, I think he climbs the turnbuckle in the corner points to the entrance and uh, I'll just say who's next for the Thunderbastard <laughs> does he canonically does he laugh halfway through yeah. <laughs> <laughs> starts to snigger at his own name 
He knows. He knows the pageantry. He knows exactly what he's doing. The drunken crowds of maybe 30 or 40 people watching you in this exhibition hall who have paid a few gold to see you all cheer are all fighting with each other anyway pushing each other like there's a there's big old scuffles going on it's that kind of arena it's not a professional gwf arena where people know when to put up signs and chant this is just in the back of a pub somewhere um and you see you see quite a big burly beefy guy come from the back like pirate tattoos across his chest he's in a speedo and boots so he looks like he's he looks like he's, you know, done the local circuit a lot. Um, mm. He's he's kind of got a monk-like hairstyle, you know, all on top and nothing around the sides. Um, but that his the the things that he's wearing are just so tattered and old. He's clearly some just local. Um, and he walks down towards the ring and steps over the rope as you see him get in. He is as tall as you, and he's probably. Ooh just as beefy as you are as well but he gets into the ring points towards you and says let's go can i do a, a roll to see who wins the lockup initially uh yeah so i would say first of all uh yeah we are in wrestling rules now we're going to go into combat like we do before so what we normally do is d20 to see who wins the lockup um and then you do what you want to do so let's roll roll a d20 okay Titus, what did you get? Got a... Was it six or a nine? Six. Six. Okay. Uh, on, this, guy got, <laughs> this guy got a 13. So he wins the lockup initially. You lock up. He Irish whips you, throws you into the ropes. Titus, give me a strength saving throw to not be clotheslined and hit the floor. 15. 15. You duck under the clothesline, rebound off the ropes... Titus, what would you like to do coming back towards this guy? Always love a spear. Mm. And you've got a bit of momentum with you there. So just a straight up spear to the gut. You hit him square in the gut. You feel all of the air just kind of burst out of him like a balloon that's just been sat on. Just <laughs> There's nothing left as he falls to the floor and hits the mat squarely. You are on your knees. He is prone. Roll me a, an athletics check now. Another lockup. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Ten. He got a three. You win. What do you want to do? Basically, I know I'm on my own knees, but I'll fall down onto my back. I'll roll over onto my back. And it's that thing where they, like, kick their feet up and then jump up to a standing position, basically, <laughs> and then flex at the audience. And maybe maybe grab a beer from someone on the front row and pour, drink a bit of it. <sighs> Triple H spit, but also get it so my muscles glisten a bit. That's a little insider trick of the trade. I think we got it. I think oh, I, I think you, I want to get this done as fast as I can because I think I've gone through 18. I'm not going to be... So I think go big or go home. And, and what's better than, than going up top? I think we want to see a, a macho man Randy Savage elbow drop here. Okay. Right. Well, you've 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 won the chance to, to kip up and get over to the ropes. I'm going to say you get to the top rope just fine. Roll me another athletics check to go. see if you jump elbow down into the chest or the face or if he rolls away and gets out of the way. Oh, Here we go. Classic. Hands in the air. <laughs> Am I using my modifier on this? You or are. Not? You are using your athletics. Okay, good. Yeah. I thought I was. 
23. Oh, my God. Nice one. This guy got a four, so you... (laughs) You break his ribs, and he dies instantly on impact. (laughs) Titus, describe how you fly through the air and land on this jabroni. It's very rare that I would tell people to do this, but if you want to know exactly what I'm about to describe, pause this podcast and YouTube Macho Man Randy Savage Elbow Drop. He was a, a legend of wrestling. He uh, he was, in fact, so infamous that the only stag do I've been entrusted to uh, organise, I dress the stag as him. <laughs> and who knows, maybe we'll put that on our socials if my mate Matt will allow it, because it was, <laughs> it really was something else. He had tassels and very colourful outfits. Uh, yes, he, he used to climb up to the top rope. He's balancing uh, on the turnbuckle and he slowly raised both hands up into the air and then he dropped the elbow from the top rope right onto their chest. Uh, a, and especially if someone's... As, I don't think Macho Man was quite seven and a half foot tall, so I think it might be uh, even more impressive um, to see a big guy coming off the top rope. Not unlike Brock Lesnar, uh, who once thought it was a good idea to a backflip off the top rope and almost broke his neck on one of the biggest shows in WWE's history. There we go, there's a little bit of a tidbit for you. You obviously didn't roll very well for that backflip. No, no. <laughs> I've never met Brock Lesnar, but if I do, I'll say, do you, big D&D guy or no? <laughs> Can you imagine if he was like, yeah, do you do a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, Rest, that's my thing. Wrestling, UFC heavyweight champion and yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, really. That's what mm. I do in my spare time. So. He lives on a farm, so maybe he's got a he's got a little Zoom link to keep, keep up with his, his mates. Yeah, maybe. Titus, you successfully climb the turnbuckle, launch from the top rope. But before you hit the ground and smash your opponent into pieces, a feeling that at this point, three weeks ago, you had never, ever felt before. Something that you felt more recently but like a surge of energy through your body. We now know it to be blue arcane energy, but at the time, you had no idea. Titus, you are absolutely in this point where you're flying through the air, enveloped in a blue, shimmering light. Like, as people look at you, they could swear they're looking at, like, some kind of mirror, and you turn completely blue for a second, and then it disappears and your elbow lands squarely into this opponent, and you completely and utterly cave his chest in. But not only that, you go through the mat and down into, and the wrestling ring collapses in on itself. Ropes, everything, turnbuckle, just completely fall. And all the drunkards in the pub stop for a second. And as you look around the room, you see two solar naval officers making a scene and exiting to probably go and get some other people. Uh. You are lying there in the middle of this broken ring with this body who is now dead. (laughs) (laughs) This this, this is not going how I thought it was going to (laughs) go. No. The, The general consensus is the show must go on. But even I feel like going, yeah, 
It's just in, in poor taste. <laughs> Might be a little insensitive right now. I think uh, I get Elmin and we. I go, we've got to get the fuck out of here, mate. Yeah, as you as you grab out Elmin, he looks, he's got a flop sweat on. Immediately, he's just like <laughs> rubbing his face with his 10-gallon hat and using the bottom of his ponytail <laughs> to wipe away all the sweat. Tadis, <laughs> Tadis, my boy, get to the dressing room, get to the dressing room now. I'll get your towel, I'll get your things. We're going to get out of here, okay? Get to the dressing room now. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming out. You run back towards the dressing room with Elmin in tow. Yeah, you get back to the dressing room, but Titus, as you look back into the cock and brawl exhibition room, you see that some solar naval guards have entered into the room and are blocking off all the exits. Elmin, what do we do? I, I, I don't know what happened out there. Titus, I, I, I couldn't tell you what happened either. I saw this blue shimmer come across your body, and then there was no ring there. What did you do? I, I didn't do anything. I did what I normally do, and then, I don't know, this feeling, I, I, I've never felt it before. You saw the, yeah, you saw the blue as well. I saw it. The crowd saw it. Everybody saw it. But I think that's the problem. I think... More people saw it than they should have seen it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... Look at how people reacted out there. I mean, what, what do we do now? We have to get out of here. Titus, as you say this, you hear hard, loud knocks on the dressing room door. And then you hear solar naval guards say... Mr. Caligavi, sir, Mr. Monroe, we know you're in there. Uh, is there, I take it there's no, like, fire exit in this dressing room, Ollie. Roll me an investigation check. Go, baby. Come on. I'm so shit at these. Normally, I have to rely on the rest of them to get... <laughs> Tires what was around with his eyes fucking closed. Will that continue? Here we go. Of <laughs> course it fucking will. So four. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even know where the door is that he came into this room. Yeah, Titus, with your investigation check, you do not find a fire exit of any kind. This is a one-in-one-out kind of situation for this dressing room. Ah, all may not be lost. Could I disguise myself as a bench? You say this out loud in front of Elmin Monroe. And he slaps you across the face as hard as he's <laughs> ever hit you. This is not a wrestling slap. This is a full-on physical slap. And he goes, have you gone crazy, boy? Have you gone fucking crazy? Who are you talking to? Only benches in here. <laughs> <laughs> Titus, as you say this, Solar Naval officers, 12 of them, kick down this door and surround you and Elmin Monroe. Oh, shit. How can I help you, officer? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Titus Thunderbaster Caligavi, Mr. Elmin Monroe? Yes. <laughs> he turns around and looks at five of the guards and he says, you stand watch of Mr. Thunderbaster Caligavi. We've got Elmin Monroe. And they grab Elmin Monroe by the wrists and pull him out of the room and walk him down to another corridor. 
We're going to have a nice little chat with Mr. Elmin Munro here. You stay put, Mr. Thunderbastard. And they march him out down the corridor. Titus, you see all the guards unsheath their weapons, their swords, their daggers. Uh, a couple of them have, like, sidearms and pistols. And they just kind of look and stare at you in this exhibition hall, this dirty, grotty pub exhibition dressing room. Um, but you can kind of hear Elmin down the corridor talking to the guards as they go. What, what, what is all this? What's going on? What do you want with my boy Titus? He's, he's in my care. He's in my care. What do you want with him? And you hear the voice go further and further down the corridor and away. Um, about five or ten minutes passes, Titus, while you're sat there with these guards just kind of all around you. And the other Solar Naval officers, guards, they come back without Elmin. He's not there. And you see a Solar Naval officer who walks into the room and introduces himself as Hemlock Metcalf. Mr. Metcalf, what's going on? Where's where's my manager gone? I'd like to speak to him. I'd like to see him. Listen, Titus, we are arresting you and your manager. You will be taken to the SNS Seahound for detainment. You're being arrested on attempted match-fixing and fraud. Match-fixing? No, I, you, you must have a mistake here. No, I, I'm a... I'm a professional wrestler, but myself and, and my manager, uh, Mr. Munro, uh, would never do anything like that. Titus, as you say this, as you speak back to Mr. Hemlock Metcalf, you feel the butt of a pistol come across your face and knock you to the floor, breaking your nose and pushing you down. You will not speak to Mr. Metcalf unless Mr. Metcalf asks you to speak. Do you understand? Yeah, you got it. You think this is your only way of solving things is violence, huh? How many of you is there? Do you know, I've been 18 of you little squirts tonight. Titus, you look around the room and you see that there are 12 Solar Naval officers in that room with you now. How about we make it a nice round 30? How about we go back out there and we see what you're all made of, huh? Titus Thunderbaster Caligari, you are being arrested right now for max fix match fixing. You do not have to say anything as it may harm your defence in court, something you may re later rely on. We are taking you now to the SNS Seahound for detainment, and then you get another smack across the face and to the floor. You can either go easy or you can go hard. What would you prefer? I think you've already made that decision for me. I think we're going hard, boys. Everybody, I say everybody, Titus, roll initiative. Titus, what'd you get? 15. 15. Okay, you get to go first. There are 12 of these guys. Yes. There are 12 of these guys. So, um, yeah, what do you want to do? I'm going to try and take inspiration from the um, excellent film, The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there a way that I can grab one of them by the ankles and sort of spin them round to create a bit of distance and then maybe throw them at, <laughs> at someone? <laughs> Titus, make me an athletics check against one of these guards. They will do an opposed 
strength save, I guess, to see if they save. Yeah, make your athletics check. Uh, good luck with that strength save. 24. 24. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they got a 16. You grab this guy. You have him in your hand like a fucking Christmas cracker, about to pull him apart, essentially. And you just swing him round to try and knock everybody over? Yeah, basically. Okay. You do that. You knock all 12 of these guards onto the floor (laughs) with a single solar naval officer. You grab him and he just goes, and just starts getting spun around. You see, uh, I think two of these guards are going to make make dexterity saving throws because they're not as close as they should do. He fails. He falls the fuck over. The second one. (laughs) He also fails. He falls the fuck over. You have... Knocked everyone over in this room. Titus Thunderbuster Caligavi is not here to play. Um, you have bonus action and you have movement. Well, I can make it out of the room. I suppose they're all full. They fall. Basically, I'm going to try and get the locals to back me up here. <laughs> yes, like that idea. You want to get involved with some drunken locals. Okay, so you want to run past all these guys who are on the floor out the door. Yes, and I assume the door basically leads back out into the bar area yes it does yeah yeah let's do that okay you use 30 feet of movement you get to the door but you don't go through the door so you are at the door currently you have a bonus action do they kick the door in or if they do they just open it they kick the door in so the door is open you've made it to like you've made it to the um the threshold of the door I throw the door at anyone who's the person who's closest to me to try and slow them down. Oh, no, actually, I want to shout to the locals if they can hear me. Okay. I mean, I'd let you throw the door if you wanted to throw the door. Can I Can I pick the door up, yell, and then throw the door? Of course you can. In this instance, why not? Uh, where, are, uh, where are we? The, the cock and brawl. Yes. So I'm going like, to have the door sort of over my head like that, ready to be fucking javelin at someone. <laughs> and I, I'm going to say... What's that? Guys! And this is me lean I'm leaning away from the mic as well to try and demonstrate the fact I'm leaning back into the bar area. Guys! These uh these police officers said they've only come for me because everyone else in the cock and brawl is a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Who wants to fight with a thunder bastard against these pricks? And then Way there goes the door. You hear everybody out in the bar cheer, go, Rah! and they start making their way towards the dressing room. Um, they're a little ways away yet, though. You throw the door. <laughs> you're throwing. <laughs> you're throwing a door at a prone officer. So absolutely roll with advantage if you want to hit somebody. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to kill him, but I would like to not. I'm all. Go- all I'm going for across the board here is unconscious. Great. Let's let's roll an unarmed strike. Oh, that doesn't look good. No. Doesn't look good for them because it's a nat 20. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's go, Titus. (laughs) Titus, how much does your unarmed strike do? Is it five? 
Uh, five damage, right, yeah. Okay. Well, you do ten damage, and with a door, you kill three of these guards instantly. <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh my god! Whoops. You are fighting for your life, and with an I don't know, an oaken wood door, absolutely flatten three of these solar <laughs> naval officers. Just decapitate three people with a door. <laughs> you want you wanted to knock them out, and you've just this is a massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Titus is fighting for his life at this point. Um, Titus, that is the end of your go. It's now the the turn of nine solar naval officers. Oh, there was 12. <laughs> so, here we go. Let's see if any of these hit. Fail. Fail. Super pass. 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 Fail. I've lost count, but that's a pass. <laughs> That's a pass. And that's a pass. So, Titus, <laughs> as you throw this door and decapitate three solar naval officers. Um, they started this, by the way. They did. They absolutely did. This is their fault. They heard it coming. Um, Titus, from the floor, you feel five needles stabbed into your calf. You feel liquid being pumped into them and you start to go woozy. You're a big fucking guy. You don't go down immediately, but you start to wobble and you start to fall. It's like shooting a fucking elephant with a trank dart and it not going completely unconscious. And you start stumbling and you stumble out of the dressing room and down the corridor towards the bar and you see like your vision is just completely going hazy and you're hearing sounds off in the distance and you're completely discombobulated at this point but all the pub crowd come by you to like go and fight these solar naval officers and then you look out towards the end of the corridor and you see a man in a pinstripe suit 10 gallon hat and cowboy boots with a briefcase of cash leaving out of the <gasps> fire exit. I'm going to try and go after him, although I, I sense my legs probably aren't going to carry me. And it's going to be melting. Titus, as slow motion happens, uh, you turn around, you see Elmin dash out of, who you think is Elmin, dash out of the fire exit. And you turn around to these solar naval guards running up to you. Everything is in slow motion. And then suddenly, all at once, you feel this blue arcane pulse within your chest. And you see that all around your arms are these, like, corporeal neon arms. The same size as your arms, but bigger. As if you're piloting some kind of mech suit. But it's not there. It's not real. It's not... But you feel this energy... And then as these solar naval officers approach you, you just start drunkenly swinging at them, left and right. And you see these solar naval officers are getting absolutely battered, like insta-death kind of kills, into the wall. But the drugs take more of an effect. And you pass out on the floor. And you arrive back in Stadia Concretia, out of this flashback in the metal carapace 
of Planewalker with Ark and Vixen next to you. Titus, you wake up cold sweats. <laughs> Ark, Vixen, you are in this metal carapace with Titus. So Ark is going to kind of wipe the, the tear, the tears away from his eyes. Hopefully nobody's noticed. And um, he is going to be still surrounded by birds, little spectral birds. So they've all kind of like, they've all kind of squeezed in this kind of little carapace as well with everyone. Um, so everyone's kind of surrounded by these kind of glowing birds and everything. Can I use my spectral birds to cut off Plane Walker's neck? Whoa. So we basically appear from out of the carapace. It's got a big hole on its neck. And I want to kind of get my birds just to attack kind of the outside of it that's kind of kind of just covering us and try and have a really cool that's uh, a hell of an entrance. Yes, entrance. Ark, you would like to use your spectral guardians to sever the head of Planewalker. What does this look like? Uh what it's gonna look like. So they're all gonna be perched around us, and I want them to all start kind of flying around and fluttering around us and I kind of want them all to kind of form into like a little group of them and just keep going around the outside of, of like where we are, keep going and gradually nibble the way, the way through until when you're on the outside, you just see this kind of little golden light start to appear around the neck until all of these birds kind of burst from it and the head just pops off the plane walker. This to me feels like um, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace cutting through the door, like with their lightsaber. Oh, yeah, yeah. to that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, like, that golden ring of just the, the hot heat of this, these spectral guard, um, yeah, these spirit birds, guardians. spirit guardians, sorry, cutting at this plane walker's neck. You hear, in fact, you see plane walker's neck fall to the floor from where it's kind of collapsed on, and all three of you appear out of the neck of Planewalker to cheers hundreds of thousands of people, pyrotechnics in the middle of this Stadia Concretia. Um, you are looking around, you're celebrating. There are people cheering all over the place. Can I um, play my, uh, my lute? Can I start a bit of a tune? Can I get all the audience to... Uh... To um to sort of be like da 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 as it it da 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 as it it as it it um yeah vixen you chug on your electric lute um jun 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 oh actually I've got a war gong haven't I that's one of my other um musical instruments I've got a war gong war gong I can just yank out yeah where was I hiding that to be fair. Who brings a war gong into battle in their back pocket? But yeah, I'm just like... As it. Uh, in the last few moments of my spiritual weapons, can they, f like, f all the birds start to flip off Aves in the box? Like, the little wings, like, fuck <laughs> yeah. you. Like, uh, in, in spirit... Sure. Doing the suck it sign and stuff to I was him. thinking, yeah. like, yeah, like no inspirited, inspirited away where all those little birds, like, fly into the window and they all just, like, get smacked. But they're all, like, trying to get him. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, they all, they all flip do, off Aves. As it is. There you go. Um, yeah, you look around. And you guys are in the central arena. Um, and you've still got the Githyanki fighting this kind of metallic pirate ship with skeletons and cannons on it. And you've got the Dwarven team who are fighting this metallic octopus um squiddy 
<laughs> Everybody go ahead and make me a perception check, please. Thank God I've got people with me this time. Here we go. Ark. Oh, shit! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Titus. Why not? Titus, what did you get? No, 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 no. 19. 19. Okay, Ark. 11. I also got 19. Oh! Strong start. Okay, Ark, while you are... Uh, while you are preoccupied with your golden birds that are flipping off Harleyator's aids, Titus and Vixen, you you look at the glass that is surrounding this arena and boxing you all off from each of the different arenas, and you see that there are various cracks all the way through it. Boys, I think it's time to get out of here. Look at those cracks. I think we can bust through that. Where where are they, Ollie? Like, are they sort of quite close to the floor? Okay. Or abs- absolutely all over. Everywhere you look, now that you've spotted it, both with your 19s, you see just cracks. It's not like, you know when something hits bulletproof glass and it completely, it doesn't break, but it like eviscerates mm-hmm. and like yeah. smashes all. This is like... It's kind of it kind of looks like lightning has struck the glass. And you can think of it as this catastrophic beam that has gone off has destroyed the ground below you. You guys are basically in a like a um a crater right now because of this catastrophic beam. But the reaction has just shattered all of the glass so much so that because of the way it's built it's still sat on itself mm-hmm. and like keeping itself tight. But you look at it and you think that looks like it could crack at any second. Okay. And that's between us and the the other competitors. Yeah. It looks like all the glass that is keeping you all separate in your arena pods could easily break at the change of a wind or something. I have uh I don't know what you think, Fix, but I have I've had enough fighting for today. Yeah. I think it's time for us to us to uh split. Let's go. Let's actually uh shall we crack on, boys? <laughs> Hey. hey. <laughs> All right, Titus, how are we going to do this? Do you want to do you fancy a headbutt? Oh. Always. That's my boy. Go on. Give it give it a good go. Yeah, that's my headbutt. <laughs> we did we did say we would help out the dwarves. We did have I that suppose, pact. yeah. I don't know if we can help them out. I don't know if that's in the rules. Mm. You you two tell yeah, me. Is I was going to say um Ollie does fix know if that's in the rules or not. If you guys happen to be in the same arena, you could absolutely help each other out. Right. So you guys, I mean, I don't think I made a pact because I wasn't here at that point, but you guys made a pact, right? Yeah. Okay. Titus is like, yeah. <laughs> so he really can't remember. He's like, if Ark says we did, I'm sure we did. Um, Sorry, I had a really messed up dream. I have no idea what's yeah, going on right now. You did look a little bit weirded out when we woke up. How are you doing? You okay? I'm good. I'm good. I just... I might need to reassess my character's motivations in episode one of this podcast, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay. I just didn't realise that my character previously had decapitated three men with a door. <laughs> I thought he was a relatively innocent so, person. Don't forget the bloke you, like, uh, Randy savaged out of existence. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. All, all's fair in love and war. When it, in, the, in terms of right, this, mm. accidents happen. It's <laughs> just this one concerned me dropping my elbow on him so much that I caved his entire body in and broke a wrestling ring. And, well, 
A bit like the crater beneath. I mean, getting off topic. Which side of the dwarves on? Titus, doorstop, Caligari. <laughs> yeah, doorstop. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that, that does sound pretty serious, to be honest, Titus. I think we should probably talk about this afterwards and maybe sit and unpack it over a cuppa. But for now, yeah, let's get out of here. Well, let's, we should help the dwarves, right? They're good allies to have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just quickly, I should try this one on for size. When is a door not a door? Hmm. When it's a jar? That would generally be the answer. The correct one is uh, when I use it as a weapon to decapitate three uh, officers' heads. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. You gave me the answer in the earlier uh, part of the conversation. I obviously just wasn't really listening. <laughs> God damn it, man. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I can understand why that gave you uh, the willies and made you wake up in a hot sweat, but we, we haven't got time right now. Let's let's pick a side. Let's go help them dwarves. Yeah, let's, whichever side has got the, the glass with the dwarves on. So we, we sort of still... Still stuck. We're not on the ground, are we, Ollie? We're on. We're at Plane Walker's neck. Plane Walker's bit, neck, which is in a crater. It's maybe. I don't know. It's it's maybe it's maybe a hundred feet deep at the moment. This crater that you're in. It's you've made quite the mess within this arena. This is probably going to come from playing too much Horizon Zero Dawn. But is there anything we can take off this giant metal lizard as a weapon? Is there anything Ooh, we can scrap yes. or salvage or use? Titus. Roll me an insight check. Oh, 19 again. Yes. Titus, you look at the crater that you're in. You look up towards the glass and you hear the cheering crowds. And then you think back to the seconds before you fell unconscious, before you were arrested, before you felt these neon corporeal-like blue arcane energy arms appear around you you look at your arms again and you see like the mirror shine of what you saw that day and then you feel your body being pulled back in towards plane walker titus you feel in this moment with a 19 that if you wanted to, you could take control of Plane Walker. Oh! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Headless Plane Walker, that's so cool. Like, what's that shit film where there's the. You have to, like, two Pacific Rim. Have to walk around. Pacific Rim. Pacific yeah. Rim. Pacific yeah, Rim that's job. It. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both walking inside oh. the mechs, and yeah. <clears throat> Just say, I love you saying that when you've got that raspy Pacific. voice on. Yes, oh, yeah. Pacific. Put that as a ringtone. Hold, hold on, everybody. Can we, <laughs> Amy, can you just say that just clean, clean. without any of us on it so we yeah, can make it nice some ringtones? We just do da, 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 Pacific Rim job. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to be really sad when my voice goes back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> so will our hundreds of fans. <laughs> Sorry, tens of fans. Oh, no. <laughs> Titus, you feel a pull towards this mechanized robotic lizard. Yeah. Do I have to be in it to win it, to control it? You walk back inside to where you cut 
the carapace open and climbed in. And Titus has just walked back into the body. So Vix and Ark, what are you guys doing right now? Well, I think we're kind of like, Titus, what the fuck are you doing? Because obviously we don't, <laughs> we, we've got no idea what's going on. So we're just like, yeah. Titus, Titus, what are you doing? Just just give me a second. It's going to be so much cooler if I don't tell you what's about to happen. Oh my God. Ark, does he always do stuff like this? Uh, he usually just backflips, to be honest. This is oh. new. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, um, I guess we, uh, I, I suppose we trust him. We haven't really got a choice, have we? Are we Are we still in Mecha Plane Walker? Are we still kind of like in its neck and like Titus is right next to us? Yep. Can we see what Titus is doing? Like, yeah. Can we feel Plane Walker moving? Just, just turn around. Just don't look for a minute. I turn around. You don't feel Plane Walker moving right, right now, not yet. He doesn't want you to look, Ark. I think he's embarrassed. Whatever it is, just, just. I'm just, just not don't looking. Look, don't look. I'm not looking. It's all right, Titus. You can whatever you want to do. If you need a wee, and I did say you should have gone before we got in here, but it's fine. I understand why you don't <laughs> want to do it in front of the crowd. So just get it out, the, get it out of your system, and then we'll go. Uh, well, Ollie, what do I need to do now? You've rolled your insight check, so you, you would know with a 19 that as you step further into the neck. Kind of, yeah, in the nape of the neck of this thing, you just feel like if you concentrate hard enough and focus on these blue arcane corporeal arms of you, you could reach out and take control. Oh, yeah. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> um, very much like when your voices and your minds looked like fiber optic cables going into the sky where you could project down onto the solar system. Titus, these fiber optic cables shoot from the ends of your neon arms and go into the like metallic muscly sinew of this plane walker and you see it lights up like a fucking Christmas tree just all lights all at once just circuit boards turning on and off flashing blue arcane energy pulsing you hear the power cells on the back that one of them's broken so it doesn't work but the other like five that are on there start to power up again and all the residual dark energy that was in them is completely washed away this good energy that's coming from Titus and Ark and Vixen, you feel Planewalker start to stand. Doof, doof, as Titus's mind takes control of a headless Planewalker. Shit! Titus, you have successfully unlocked the ability Take Control. You may now use your action to take control of any mechanized, weaponized suit there is within this campaign. Oh my oh, god, that, that is so cool. absolutely dope. Ark and Vixen, like, you're still in the neck of this thing, and as it stands up, if you stand where you are now, you could fall back down the neck, so what are you doing? Oh my god, it's moving! Jesus! Is it is it alive again? Tyus, what are you doing? Hey guys, check this out. Can Ollie, can, can I make it... Is it like on its hind legs right yeah, now? Yeah, it's it's bipedal, so it's on its yeah, it's on its legs. Can it crotch chop? <laughs> you better you it can now, better baby. believe it. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> the crowds start to go crazy, like they've never seen a decapitated plane walker reanimate so quickly. Um, 
you start crotch chopping towards the crowd. Pyrotechnics, hundreds of thousands of people screaming at what is going on. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Titus, you stand up having taken full control of this plane walker. If I were you guys, I'd hold on to something here. Yeah, I'm going to grab hold of like a, a lever or something, like in, just something inside, <laughs> inside the neck. Um, I'm going to secure my loot to the back and my war gong to the back of my, um, like my strap. And I'm just going to cling on and I'm going to look at Ark and I'm just going to go... Wow, he's uh, he's got more tricks up his sleeve than we thought, hasn't he? Uh, I'm gonna hold on as well. And would would you say Planewalker was a creature? No, Planewalker oh. is not a creature. Is it a construct? It's a construct, yes. I I think this might work. Um, can I buff Planewalker? Uh, read me uh, th- what you want to do, and we'll see if it can affect it. Shield of Faith. Um, shimmering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting a two plus bonus to AC for the duration. Okay, it's a creature, not a construct, so I cannot allow it. I will Fine. say though, Ark, you would know this, and Titus, you now know this, being part of this Plane Walker's neural network. Um, now that you have reanimated it, when you fought Plane Walker originally. It had 200 HP, which is amazing that you guys actually took it down in the first place. It's a lot of HP. But you stand up and you feel so much healthier than you are, Titus. Like, you've just leveled up. You can plus right now 100 HP to what your current HP is as you take control of this plane walker. (laughs) This is not like Ollie. What have you done with Ollie? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Giving you something nice. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah, Titus, you're in control of Planewalker. The glass is above you. The battles are still continuing. What are you doing? The gla- are the battles to like the left and the right of yes. us? I'm picturing like a giant glass corridor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and which side are the dwarves on? The right hand side. Dwarves are on the left. Githyanki are on the right. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm right. We made an agreement with the dwarves, right? I don't want to step into a fight we, we didn't agree to. Uh, yeah, no, we, we did. We did say we'd help them out if we could. I mean, it feels like don't really have a lot to lose if we're in this suit. Ollie, what are the dwarves fighting? The dwarves are fighting a giant metallic octopus. Oh, it's fucking Power Rangers. Get the fuck It's in. literally like two, <laughs> two massive kaijus going off, man. This is going to be sick. Oh, my God. I love Power Rangers so much growing up. <laughs> fucking Megazord. Fucking grunt. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say headbutt the glass, but he hasn't got a head, has he? The, uh, <laughs> he ha- I mean, by the sounds of it, it's literally... He hasn't got a head, and therefore hasn't got the catastrophic beam attack. Okay, but That sounds enough. like it's literally the only thing you can't do right now, so... But he's, yeah, he's got hands, and I, that, that, that's the that's the fucking Power, power Ranger fucking... <clears throat> it's a big fucking punch! Titus, you backflip. Oh my god. Oh you're in you're, you're inside in a big this hole thing. at the front of this thing. You could fall backwards inside it or fall out the front into a hundred foot crater. You are rolling. Even I think you are rolling hot though. If you don't come on, you are rolling so and well. We at the are tempting fate. <laughs> there is no way this could go wrong. Oh, Can you no. guys like strap in a little bit more before we attempt oh, this? God. No, wait a second. I think just so this is an internal this is our little private conversation. I think that should be used as a as a taunt 
once we start fighting the octopus <laughs> so he knows what the fuck he's dealing yeah. with. Okay. So, for the meantime, can I take... I think I've got this right. Can he tail whip the glass? Yeah. Absolutely can, you've, yeah. You've got the tail and the claws. Oh, the claws, yes. You're not squiddy. I'm going to fucking take your legs <laughs> off. All eight of them. Uh, yet, yeah, uh, can I tail whip the uh, the glass t- to the left of us? Is that right? That's, yeah. That's where the dwarves right. are. Yeah. Right. Hold on, Ark. Grab on to something. Hold on. You guys, uh, Ark and Vixen, you kind of... Um, what you're holding on to is like the inner workings and tubes of like this, essentially, Megazord, this plane walker. Um, but you kind of shift yourself in and amongst like these cables and, and tubes and secure yourself into the neck while you see Titus just in the middle of this room, hands aloft like this, controlling this thing. Mm. Um, Titus, you crouch down in this plane walker. You jump, Jackie Chan style kick, like legs out front like this, and then spin plane walker's body to smash through the glass. You smash it without even having to roll to hit. It is that fragile at this point that it happens. Um, Everybody go and make me a dexterity saving throw as sharp glass falls from the ceiling to pierce everybody below. You see that like, okay, you've smashed the left, but actually what you've done is smash the whole glass dome. So glass is gonna fall down on everybody right now. So yeah. Uh, dexterity saving throws, please. Arc. Uh, 16. Okay. Pass. Vixen. I got a nat one. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Fine. We'll deal with that nat one in a second. Um, she did. She did. She did <laughs> again. How many more of um, Zach's ancestors you got back there? <laughs> Bring out the revolving door. Hi, I'm Zach's cousin's cousin, Fran. Cousin's cousin's Fran. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Titus, what did you get? Uh, 18. Okay. And of course, Vixen got a nat one. Vixen, um, it's a few shards of glass that get through uh, the open neck, essentially, and they fall down and kind of like scatter across your torso. You take... Okay, six damage. Six, Six piercing damage is this, you know, this glass is falling into like the nape of a neck. It's not. It's open, but it's not like the easiest thing for it to all fall through. Okay. Um, you see that the dwarfs get covered in glass. Um, they are hurt, but they are not down. You see the octopus, the metallic octopus, also get hurt from this falling glass. Again, hurt, but not down. Um, you look over towards the other side of the arena, and you see as the glass falls it cuts through and destroys the metallic pirate ship that the Gith Yankee were fighting, completely severing the ship in half. As a huge explosion happens, you see that the the metallic pirate ship kind of starts to go down. It's floating at this point, it's flying, um, and it goes down into the, the crater that you've just come out of and explodes. You see all the Gith Yankee then turn towards the other arena and at this same moment you hear fanfares come from the stadium and you hear the games master say it's deathmatch time 
Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Fire erupts oh. from every part of the stadium. And the games master goes, in the event that the walls are broken between arenas, it's a all versus all. Last man standing wins. This is the final day of the games. Oh. <laughs> that is some bullshit. That wasn't that wasn't in the rules when I was here. They're making that up. Vixen, Titus, you now know that you have skipped a day of the games because all the arenas are open, and it's absolutely every man for themselves. Um, you see the Githyanki making their way over to the arena where you are with the dwarves. Um, everybody go ahead and roll initiative for a death match. Jesus Christ. Oh, hell yeah! Ark, oh. what did you get? 23. Let's what? go. Let's, Let's fucking go. go. Vixen? 17. Titus? 13. We have on the battlefield dwarves... We have an octopus. <laughs> we have a Gith Yankee crew. And we have you guys in a severed plane walker head. Ark, out of everyone, you go first. Whoa. Uh, so there's now nothing between me and the sky, is there? So it's not a dome above my head anymore. There is not a dome above your head anymore. Cool. Uh, I am going to reach out and call lightning. A storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that's 10 foot tall with a 60 foot radius centered on a point you can see 100 foot directly above you. Um, the spell fails if you can't see a point in the air where the storm could appear. Uh, when you cast a spell, choose a point you can see within range. A bolt of lightning flashes down to the, from the cloud to that point. Each creature within five foot of that point must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 3d10 lightning damage on a failed save or half, oh. half as much on a successful one. On each of your turns until the spell end, you can use your action to call down lightning in this way. Uh, target in the same point or a different one. Um, is, it, is it currently stormy at the moment? Uh, if you have called lightning, it absolutely is, yes. Cool, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna cast uh, call lightning at third level. On what? Just in, in, uh, in the area of Gith Yankee, what? please. Ooh, the Gith Yankee. Okay, mm. great. That's a good idea as well, because we've got to show the dwarves that we're on side. We're not going for them. Right. Uh, saving throws. Yes, please. Deck save. Nat 20 pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 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 My lemon pledge. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, all three pass. They take half damage. Ah, they do take half damage. So, uh, oh, so that is eight. So they all take four lightning damage. Uh, when they take lightning damage, they're automatically knocked away ten foot now because I've got a new ability. Uh, whenever you cause lightning damage, you push a creature back ten foot. Nice. So you call down lightning upon these Githyanki. They take this damage and they are then pushed back, um, not being able to get as close to you guys as they want to as quickly as they can. It's now the giant octopuses go, and it's essentially just going to use a, what's known as a tentacle slam attack. It's going to use four of its tentacles and just flop them on the floor towards the dwarfs who are sat right in front of this thing, trying to kill it. 
three of those tentacles hit one of them doesn't is it bad that i'm kind of backing the octopus briefly <laughs> like, well you can't win the champion game so kill all the dwarves now we did what we could to help them <laughs> Okay, this octopus does a total of 32 damage towards these dwarves. Oh. Luckily, they are very hearty dwarves, um, so they don't look too perturbed by this. But all of you, Ark, Vixen, and Titus, through this carapace of a plane walker that you can see out of, you see that they're pretty bloodied and pretty hurt at this point. Um, yes. Vixen, that's your go. Okay, so where I'm still in the neck, right? I'm still hanging on to something. You are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, it's going to be a bit tricky to try and get down from here, isn't it? Um, can I... I suppose, to be honest, I'd probably safer staying up here. Um, okay, can I? Uh, can the dwarves hear me from where I am? Yes, They're they, quite high. Okay. yes they can. Yeah, if you want to speak out through Planewalker... You can essentially just speak out that, through the neck. I was going to say, there might be like a little thing that makes it louder. Okay, cool. I'm going to, in that case, I know my place. I'm the bard. I'm the, I'm the words. I'm going to grab the uh, little intercom thing and I'm just going to go, <clears throat> attention dwarves, and then see if they look up at us, obviously. <laughs> Bloodied, beaten and hurt. Bloodied, beaten they and hurt. They look towards this plane walker, have no idea that you guys are in it, but are looking straight up at it, scared as fuck. Okay, first thing first, we just want to say we're really sorry about the glass, okay? We didn't know that was going to come down quite so hard. I'm sure you'll be all right. You'll walk it off. You look tough. We also didn't realise we were going to initiate a death match because that is some BS rule that we didn't have before. Anyway, are you with us? We are Team Arzatit, and we want to take down the GIF Yankees with you at our side. I know you made a pact, not when I was here obviously nice to meet you and all that but um yeah are you with us do you want to fight with us you see the dwarves raise their weapons into the air heartily and yes! Go, yes and they are with you in this moment yes come on my beardy brethren let's take them down <laughs> vixen as you scream out this uh war cry chant mm. everybody in the arena that you have just screamed to is going to make a wisdom saving throw mm. vixen what have you what you have inexplicably done as you've shouted this war cry out is you have used one of um plane walkers legendary actions to <laughs> like scream and put the fear of God into everybody in oh. the arena. Um, yes. The dwarves passed, so they are fine. Oh, thank the God. octopus passed, and one of the Gith Yankee fails, so is now frightened until the end of its next turn and yes. cannot move any closer to us. Um, but you have used one legendary action of Planewalker this round without even thinking that you're going to do anything. Um, Vixen, it's still your go. What do you want to do? Um, how many dwarves are there, by the way? Three. Three. Okay, cool. That's good. Um, right. Can I... Three bloody three dwarves. Three bloody dwarves with their mead and their little tiny tassely beards. I don't, I don't know what they look like. They might not be sort of generic fantasy dwarves. Um, so can I... What can I see? I'm just thinking it's quite difficult. I'm trying to gauge the range because obviously we're like 100 feet in the air. 
Um, could I have a go at like spell sniping? Could I have a go at an Eldritch Blast and one of the Gith Yankee? You absolutely could. Okay, um, cool. Vixen, in this moment, roll me an insight check. Three. <laughs> Three. Not the best. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really not. Uh, no. Um, okay. Um. In this moment, you don't. Uh, you don't quite feel this blue arcanic energy surge through you. Mm-hmm. You feel that there's something there, but you don't know what to do with it yet. Okay. Um, so yeah, go for it and try and cast Eldritch Blast. All right, let's do it. So uh, to hit, it was a ten. I'm going to go for the frightened Githyanki, by the way. Okay, fine. Yes. The frightened Githyanki. Case there's any um, kind of advantage there. Yeah. Uh, you you fire both beams? I've already done rolled to hit for one. But okay, fine. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, yeah, that definitely misses. Yeah, fair. Um, that's with, fair. With a ten. Roll your second blast. Oh, 23. 23 definitely hits this frightened um, yes. Githyanki. Roll your damage. Nice. Ten. 10 damage to this frightened Githyanki. <laughs> you see that this Githyanki falls out of the sky. You see that they were on a floating like disc that you were on controlling. You see that you hit them, you hit the disc, the disc explodes, and that Githyanki flies through the air and is dead. <gasps> yes, all right. One Githyanki down. Oh. Two to go. Are you with me, my dwarven brethren? Yes, we're with you. (laughs) (laughs) Vixen, is that the end of your go? That is. We move on to the dead Githyanki, who was frightened. (laughs) 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 Now can't do a single thing. Titus, that's your go. You're in control of Planewalker. There's two Githyanki left. Yep. And the octopus. Guys, I feel like maybe the octopus needs to get a... Uh, scene two. How far away is the octopus, Ollie? Uh, Plane Walker's movement speed is a hundred foot in a round. You are a hundred feet away. Uh, and I can't do a beam or anything like that, can no I? No beam. The beam is not available or accessible. But everything else you did before, or the Plane Walker did to you, is. My concern here, guys, is if I go and punch the octopus in its face. I realise I'm incredibly close to the octopus who can put eight legs around me instantly. Or us, I should mm. say. So what else? I mean, you've got you've got your punch, you've got your tail whip. Um, got your earthquake. Got your earthquake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else did it... The ca- you got a, ta- got a tactical missile? you got a big flick, fuck-off missile, haven't you? Yes. Fire your missiles at it. Fire all your missiles. <laughs> Is it, where's the missile? Where's the missile, Ollie? It's on, so you know where you carved into the nape of the neck? It's like just below mm. that on its back, which is just above the power cells. So if you wanted to, okay. you could launch a missile strike. Yes, do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good idea, <laughs> guys. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's let's go for a missile strike uh, <laughs> on an so octopus. So casual. Uh, Titus, roll me a d20 and plus seven. Okay. Here we go. I've got Ollie, as always, I do have something I'd like to say if this is successful in setting Fantastic. off. Okay, here we go, baby. 15. 15 against a metal octopus just hits. <laughs> oh. Titus, what would you like to say in this moment as you 
unsheath these missiles from the back of this plane walker. Hey, Octagai. <laughs> you and I, we, uh, we come from different worlds, but, uh, you know, looking around, we seem to be the only two that are alike. I'm pretending that the plane walker's still alive, and uh, he won't be able to tell because he's thick. Uh, how about a truce? How about you and I make friends? And I hold out, I know I'm 100 feet away, but I hold out a claw to see if he at least, or they, extend a an arm. Do they extend an arm, Ollie? Uh, the octopus <laughs> absolutely starts to lift up an arm oh, and goes no. towards the claw oh, no. that you are holding out. Just squidding! And then I put the shoulder <laughs> down and fire the missile. Yes! Oh wow. my god. That's so good. Uh, just squidding. Uh, missiles <laughs> from the back of Plane Walker reach into the sky and rain down upon this metallic octopus who, you know, like in old Western films when they get shot with so many bullets, they go. Titus, you do, because I've got the damage in front of me, so I might as well do it. Five damage. <laughs> okay, I'm rolling 5d8, and I've got to roll them again. 45 points of damage as this wow. <laughs> missiles rain into this octopus. This octopus, this metallic robotic octopus, is looking so fucked up. <laughs> Titus, is that the end of your go? No, Ollie, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> I've got a second attack now I'm level five. You certainly do. What would you like to do? I think it would be quite appropriate, guys. Tell me, do you feel free to, to, to advise me differently? To throw the head of Plane Walker at the octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely game for it. You are in you are unhinged on this episode. Yeah, unhinged. <laughs> absolutely, the power has gone to your head, mate. The power. In the interim of the since the last episode, I've really gone back to my roots, and I remember when when me and Ollie and Jamie used to play D and D before, and I just used the environment to try and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to the Gary the Dragon days. Is that what it's given you, Harkening yeah. to? Yeah, yes, yeah. basically. Yeah, home game, Gary the Dragon. I don't think you've maybe done like an environmental kill, quite like, or an environmental hurting or pain inflicted, quite like when you guys were in the library in Iliad and you kicked the bookcase over. Oh, the yes. guy fell off. <laughs> Busted his fucking teeth out. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> or, or minutes before when you upturned the guy in face first into a fire. <laughs> yeah, to a fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Titus, you as plane walker, this headless plane walker, pick yeah. your severed head out of the uh, out of the crater, whirl it around your head, and chuck it directly towards this octopus. Roll to hit. I'm going to say, uh, as I throw this, as I swirl it around my head, hey, Octo Pussy, how about you and I, how about you and I go head to head? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you got Octopussy in there. That was nice. definitely one I'd have gone for. What am I, uh, what am I adding to this? Ollie, seven. Uh, plus seven to hit. 
Well, 16. <laughs> <laughs> that hits. I will roll damage my end. Now, how the fuck do I calculate that? <laughs> right, here we go. I'm going to do some maths now. You should put a little fun bit of elevator music in, Ollie, where you do the maths. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 Ollie does maths. I'm doing maths, it's fun. I'm doing the maths, and it is fun. That's 30 points of damage. With the head of Planewalker. Yeah, the head of Planewalker is like sharp and piercing so you see that it lodges into this fucking metallic <laughs> octopus's like abdomen before it gets to its legs and it just sticks there you see like all the blue arcane that's pulsing through this octopus just kind of like pumping out um because you've done that you see that it washes down onto the floor and you see that the dwarves who were bloodied and beaten are now fully revived oh, and healed, yeah. just like you were when you climbed Plane Walker's back. And they all start cheering and looking towards you, going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have to fight them, that's the only problem, isn't it? That's yeah, we all Eventually have to kill them we'll later. do, yeah, yeah. Can we just say as well, is that the most damage ever caused in one turn? That's like 71 points of damage. It's gotta be it. Yes, isn't it? it was. Yeah, yes. that's that's a record. If nice. anybody's doing stats, and we know you're doing stats. We know, we know you're doing stats, Wayne. We've seen we your awesome doing. stats. Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne, we know you're doing stats. That's 71 points of damage in one turn. Um, right. Uh, Titus, is that the end of your guy? Yeah. Do, uh, it. do it. No, do it. Yeah, do I need to rage? Yeah, rage. rage. <laughs> do, you need to, do I need to rage if I'm in plain walker or. Complains what to take down his singlets. Can he do anything like that? <laughs> like a can opener just rolling down a bit of metal. Just rolling down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Titus, you go into a rage while in control of Plane Walker and you buff yourself for 50 HP. <laughs> you can open yourself on the shoulders and you all around you and Ark and Vixen more blue arcane is just pumping through like if a heartbeat is kind of like a regular pulse you feel this plane walker is rather going dum 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 the beat is now dum 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 as this plane walker somehow becomes vascular and hearty and healthy under your control um that is now the end of your go yeah. And we move on to the gith. Um, one gith Yankee mage is going to throw a uh, a fifth level fireball towards Plane Walker. Uh, this gith Yankee throws a fireball towards Plane Walker and envelops you all for 32 points of damage. Um, you are not getting hit by this fireball, it's just Plane Walker. But, Titus, you, as you are attached to Plane Walker, you feel this pain. You feel the pain Ooh. of the fireballs strike you. Um, that's the end of the Gith's go. It's the next Gith's go. But they are going to soldier on towards where the dwarves are and where the octopus is. Um, it's now all of the dwarves go who are going to continue attacking this octopus. Another 30 points of damage from all of these dwarves Oof. as they attack it with various melee weapon attacks and a spell Ooh. attack. 
that's finally the end of the first round and we go back to the top of the round Ark, it's you what are you doing uh, i'm gonna call lightning on uh yeah on the agith okay so i'll have to make a deck save first one got a nine fails second one got an 18 it passes Okay. So the one that fails. That's right. Oh. Uh, so the one that uh, failed takes 20 damage, and the one that passed takes 10 damage. And they're all knocked back 10 feet. Mm. They're all knocked a bit further back than 10 feet. Ark, finish both of these Gith Yankee. Oh, nice. Oh. Um,. Oh, Let's kill some dwarves, baby. <laughs> Can I? So I want to call down this massive kind of lightning strike, and I kind of want to drag the lightning, um, like from one person to the other lightning. And as it goes, can I write something kind of in the crater? Can I write like what? "fuck you, Aves" uh, in that oh. crater? <laughs> You're right. IDST. You're right. Fuck you, Aves. Fuck you, Aves in the crater. Fuck you, Aves. Um, yeah, these these Githyanki are dead. Um, you see the octopus and you see the dwarves. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Uh, oh, is there anything I want to do with the turn? No, I'm good. I can't really do anything. So that's my that's the end of my turn. Okay, fine. It's the octopus's go. And the octopus is going to jump straight towards Planewalker and try and envelop Planewalker, grapple it with all eight of its tentacles. See, this is why we didn't go close. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, that is a 18. To hit this plane walker is a, is a 15 or 16, sorry. Um, so this octopus jumps from where it is out of all this blue arcane, grapples or puts its tentacles around plane walker with you all inside. I need one of you guys, just one of you, to make me a strength saving throw. Who's it going to be? Is that is that with our strength modifier? Yes. Go on. Go on. Go on. Yeah, go on. yeah tight, tight, this makes more sense. Modifier. Here we go. Nat one, baby. Let's go. <laughs> 25. Ooh. Does it hit, Ollie? Can you check? <laughs> uh, as Plane Walker, you batter this octopus off of you. It jumps, goes to grab around you, and literally with like your left arm, you whack this octopus down onto the floor. Um, and you do cause it some damage actually, because it is falling a little bit from a height. Oh <laughs> okay, 20 points of damage as you slam this octopus <laughs> into the floor. Um, Unlucky! <laughs> Unlucky! <laughs> uh, this octopus is looking fucked up. Fuck me, and that was its go, and that's the end of its go. Vixen, it's now your go. Okay. Can Go on, can the uh, octopus uh, hear me? Certainly can. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try out a new cantrip because I feel like we're in a good position here. All the gifts are dead. It's just the octopus left. So um, okay. I'm kind of feeling a little bit cheeky with it. So I'm gonna try out my vicious mockery, which is oh, uh, an is enchantment cantrip, 
And basically what I do is I unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature I can see within range. If the target can hear me, uh, though it need not understand me, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. The spell's damage increases by 1d4 when you reach 5th level, uh, 11th level and 17th. So it'll be a 2d4 for me that I will be rolling. Nice. Nice. Okay. What do you not want it to be? What's the saving throw that you don't want it to be? Uh, Wisdom 14, please. Okay, here we go. This octopus has a uh, plus two to wisdom, so it Uh needs to roll a 12 to save. Mm -hmm. Anything lower than a 12. Hey, hey, octopus, screw up. Screw up, screw up. (laughs) What'd it get? Rolled an 11, so it oh, fails. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say to it, I'm gonna say, you don't belong in this big old metal safari. We're gonna turn you into scrap calamari. Here we go then. So roll the roll the damage. Seven damage. Seven psychic damage to this metallic robotic octopus. Vixen, finish yes! this octopus. Yes! <laughs> Embarrassed it so much it's, it's died. So fucking much. <laughs> you, uh, cool. The only time that my players are ever going to want an octopus to die, yeah. guys. Okay, yeah, yes. everybody that's listening. And the first time we've seen an octopus die, of course, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It's never happened before. And uh, yeah, we are never all still waiting. You, We knew an octopus once who was way cooler than you. He was in yeah. a band. What are you doing? You're hanging out, getting beaten up in the bloody champion games. You're just a lackey. I, I can see how big your tentacles are. And actually, they're much smaller than the average. And I hope that makes you feel incredibly emasculated. You suck. You haven't even got any ink in you. Ah! <laughs> uh, you see this metallic robotic octopus uh, keel over with cringe and embarrassment and just hey. falls to the floor, absolutely oh. dead. You have defeated the metallic octopus. With the vicious of mockery. It would be the gift turn, but they're all fucking dead. <laughs> so we go straight over to Titus's gun. Now it's really awkward though, isn't it? Because we've obviously just... In- I am drunk on power. Let's kill some dwarves. <laughs> he, he's he's drunk on power. We've just murdered both the gif. We've just insulted an octopus to death and then we just sort of turn awkwardly to the three dwarves that are left like... <laughs> mm. <laughs> Is this the... I know it's the, it was the previous go, wasn't it? That they, we, they got hit with the arcane power and they were like, yeah, you, we're buddies, right? And now suddenly they're like... Oh shit! <laughs> the plane walkers desperately looking. At, plane walker, sorry. Plane walkers desperately looking around for someone else to hit. <laughs> it's just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> anyone? Anyone but these dwarves? Oh, maybe these dwarves. Oh, um, no. Titus, as you look out from plane walker, down on these dwarves, you see that they all use their reaction at the same time and drop their weapons and fall to their knees in front of all of you. Stamp on them! <laughs> no. <laughs> They're prone. They are prone, everyone. They're prone. 
is that a surrender? That's surely yeah, that's it. That's a surrender. Titus, as you look around within this plane walker at all the crowds, you hear the games master appear on the tannoy and say, Dwarven team, is that you surrendering to the winners of the champion games? And you see them with their heads and hands prayed together in front of all of you, start nodding. Then they put their hands up in the air and start clapping together, all three of them, and start chanting, Arzatet! Yes! Arzatet! And you hear hundreds of thousands of people joining, pyrotechnics, flames, everything going off all at once. (laughs) (laughs) The games master comes on the tannoy and says, Ladies and gentlemen, it is my proud pleasure to introduce you to the winner of the champion games of our the purple moon festival team this is funny with lag this is funny with lag this won't match up in editing yeah the Stadium is going absolutely fucking crazy. We're going absolutely crazy. You should see this stream. We're going mad. I know. I'm actually. (laughs) I've been feeling crap all day, and I'm pumped now. Bloody hell! This is great. (laughs) Wired before bed. Oh my god. Um, I'll be nattering to Leo in bed, and he'll be like, "Fucking hell! I don't care what your fictional mates did." (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go clean the house. Like I did fucking cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Champions, Champions. Uh, you hear the games master uh, remind everybody of your prize, and the games master says, "With investment over the last couple of days to get this game back and running, the winners have now won themselves." 100,000 gold, as well as a front row seat to the Purple Moon Festival with an audience with our leader, the Viscount of Concretia. And that's where we end our session. Oh! You do roll. That's so good. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's all gonna kick off. Thank you so much to my players, Jamie, Amy, and Adam, for coming through and playing another episode of Dice With Death. Bearing in mind, you probably won't hear it because me and Jamie have done such a good edit, but there were so many fucking technical (laughs) difficulties with this one. Like, Zoom doesn't work, and Skype doesn't work, and now we're on Google Meets, and Jamie's got, like, dial-up Wi-Fi from 1996. (laughs) It's it's just no good. So this was nearly the episode that never was, so be thankful that we're putting something out. Oh, my God. Um, Follow us on Patreon. Go subscribe to us on Patreon. If you want to donate some money to this podcast, please do. We're not guaranteeing that we're going to give you any content over there. It's just a donation <laughs> to try and help us out. We cannot promise anything. But you know what? We, we are so humbled that everyone, so many people have. It's been insane yes. that so many people have. And you know what? We will, I, I think there will be bits and pieces we can definitely do, even if it's just silly outtakes and stuff. Husky, like, husky personalised messages from Amy. Yeah, yeah. The Husky Vixen <laughs> will husky be here. Voices. I'll do, yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. some, okay. uh, people love feet shit. I'll do some stuff with my feet. 
Great. Sell your well-worn women's shoes, all that stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it'll be fine. I think it'll be, yeah. I th- honestly, I'm just, I think we'll do more in the future. So, of course we absolutely. will, absolutely. But yeah, patreon.com forward slash dice death pod. That's where we're at. Thank you for everybody who's donated so far. When we get to our first, like, you know, our first stretch goal is the first lot of you, our prison pals, as it were, <laughs> the, the guys who have been with us since episode one, we'll give you all a shout out at the end yes. of a very special episode. So please go over there because you could be part of that. Mm. Um, subscribe to us. We're everywhere that you get your podcast, Dice Death. Dice with Death podcast, just search for that. Um, Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Don't bother with Facebook. No one cares. No. At Dice Death Pod. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you on social media, Jamie? Uh, I'm at Jamoon1987. Amy, where can people find you on the social media? I'm at Amy underscore Mallet on Twitter and at I think they're Amy on Instagram. And Adam, where are you on the social media? I'm across all of it at Adam Wilborn. And hey, if you want to give me a follow on Instagram, dead underscore eight, come say hello. And dead underscore eight on Twitter. We love chatting to you on Twitter, so go there. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dice with Death. Say bye, guys. Bye. 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 Rim job. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>